Hello, my name is Declan Deneen. Welcome to Checkpoints. This is a show about video games, the people who play them and the people who make them. Each episode of Guest on the show talks about the games that have shaped their life in one way or another. Games that have inspired them, games that have forged connections, and games that have soothed wounds. My guest on today's episode is Chris Bell. Uh, Chris was the lead designer on What Remains of Edith Finch, which uh, for many, including myself, was one of the best games that came out in 2017. If you haven't played it, I I urge you to play it. It's incredible. And we talk about it a lot on this episode, but there's not, not really any spoilers, some very super mild ones, but none that will spoil the game for you. Uh, he also worked on Journey. He's working on the upcoming game Sky from that game company. And he's made his own games, uh, games like Way and the upcoming 12 Minutes. Uh, and man, has he got some stories. Uh, this is uh, this is a really good episode. It's quite long because there's loads of really long, brilliant stories in it. Um, and he's a super engaging, clearly very passionate and, and obviously... A very talented uh, video game designer. It's a, it's a real treat of an episode. Um, I think you'll you'll very much going to enjoy it. Hopefully, you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed uh, recording it and listening back on the edit. Honestly, it's so good. Um, if you do enjoy the show, please do rate and review it on iTunes. It's the best way you can help support the show. Helps new people discover the show. Uh, also, just sharing it around on social media uh, or in real life, telling people about the show. It's uh, always massively appreciated and really does you know bring new people to it it's been the past six months or so actually have been have been really good uh, to the show like we were one of the guardians recommended podcasts and that gave a big bump and just generally um, more people have been sharing the show so thanks so much for that if you really like the show there's a patreon which is patreon.com forward slash checkpoints any and all donations are very gratefully received and go back into making the show as good as it possibly can be if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can. You can email. It's checkpointspodcast at gmail.com or it's at checkpointshow on Twitter or it's checkpointspodcast on Facebook. It's very important to have consistent branding. I'm always happy to hear from people about the show, any uh, feedback anyone might have or suggestions for guests or just things you like or dislike about the show. Um, please feel free to get in touch. Uh, it's always a treat to, to hear from uh, people who enjoy the show. Um, I'm going to keep this brief because it's a really good episode and it's full of just brilliant stories. Uh, but just, you know, thanks as always for, for downloading the show. I really hope you enjoy it. I'll be back next week with a new episode and a new guest. But until then, let's get on with the show. So uh, let's, I'll do a formal introduction then for the sake of, of ceremony. So Chris... Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. If you don't mind, would you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, Well, first, thanks for having me. My name is Chris Bell. I am a game designer currently living in Los Angeles, grew up in Boston or uh, thereabouts the North Shore. But uh, over the course of my career, have made a few games. It kind of kicked off by making this sort of independent student game way, which got me, um, which was kind of like this sort of um, journey-like thing. before Journey's release, that got me working on Journey. Um, I worked on Journey for uh, a little over half of its development, you know, figuring out uh, how to actually, you know, take some of these sort of like loose ideas that they had and actually uh, 
bring them together into this like you know coherent thing. So first, uh, help them as a designer and producer on that project, um, and then from there, uh, explored some uh, business stuff of my own before joining. Um, basically, a meeting with Ian Dallas at GDC. Oh, I don't know, five years ago, and uh, there he had a piece of paper called. Uh, for a concept called the Nightmares of Edith Finch, and um, it was like a very short uh, concept doc that we just shared recently. But that led to um, I basically was uh, the lead designer on What Remains of Edith Finch for the last, uh, you know, for about four four and a half years, um, and now I am doing some new things. I've, I'm uh, for a while actually I've been as a side project and collaborating with my friend Luis Antonio, who's an artist on The Witness, uh, on a game called 12 Minutes, which is a, a real-time um, sort of uh, time-loop home invasion thriller. So you play this, you play as this individual uh, in this sort of like intense scenario during with like a, this like, time-loop thing going on. Um, and and uh, I've been helping out on, well, let's see, I was contracting, now I've been, you know, pretty regular hours on helping that game company on their game Sky, and um, which is sort of this sort of, I don't know, it's it's the the goal is to make it this sort of like mobile um, kind of theme park in your pocket, like kingdom in your pocket, kingdom of the clouds kind of thing, and I'm planning some new stuff. So that's that's everything. But yeah, kind of keeping my hands full. But um, at least in terms of my games stuff, my games introduction, that is the that is the gameography. There um, is a lot yeah. of stuff there, Chris, and I'm very excited to talk about all of it. Okay, so Chris, let's let's track this back then. So you you, you mentioned you sort of grew up in in Boston. So if you can remember, um, what was your very first experience of a video game? Oh wow, you know, and that's always a question. So you think I would be ready for this or thought about it much myself? If I can, but when I think back, um, my earliest memories are in uh, the sort of we had the sort of back room. Of our house, we called the the parlor room or the pala because we we're from Boston. Okay, I actually thought that was a word like P A L A for quite a while. Um, but we had an NES back then, <laughs> and uh, we had a lot of um, some of the early games. You know, obviously Mario and Duck Hunt and, this, and that sort of thing. I remember playing games back there with my brother. Um, There's a little league baseball game. I remember him. I remember beating him as a younger brother and him shutting off the power, and then me crying <laughs> um uh <laughs> and classic classic brother video game playing yeah well we had, yeah we had a good relationship but there was that i think that particular one because you know i think from an early uh, early age i mean he talks about this that I, I started to get really good at video games so that was difficult for him i guess <laughs> um but no he's uh we've always had like a little you know nice brotherly rivalry whenever we play together with a street fighter or whatever um but yeah, those are kind of like my my earliest ones. Um, I didn't really discover Zelda and stuff until until later on. You know, Zelda one was kind of this like mystical thing to me. I didn't, for whatever reason. Um, and like, what was your kind of um, relationship with games at this stage? Was it just like a novelty, like a family thing? Like, did it have a huge impact on you right away, or was it just something that kind of seeped in over time? Oh, I mean, no, it was like you know, it was definitely this like holy thing that lived in my house. Um, you know, I my my earliest memories of of preschool. Um, basically, every time during lunchtime or, I guess, snack time, <laughs> um, I like every day it was me and my uh, my best friend John, and uh, we'd grow on we'd go on to be you know best friends for all our lives and whatnot. But um, 
each each snack time we would choose a different character from Street Fighter and just talk about them. <laughs> and you know, this is Street Fighter. This is Street Fighter Two. You know, era. So there aren't that many characters. So you know, we we must and just talk about them. <laughs> this is amazing. Like what? Like how so? Like. How how Dalsim liked his tea? Yeah, or, I don't know. You know, you know it's hard to whether it's hard you to say, had a family. You know, what we must have talked about. It was probably quite boring and um, it was preschool. But you know, it's just like yeah, like Blanca. You know, he's cool. Or like you know, Ryu. I'm sure I talked about probably, you know, who know who knows who my favorite was at the time. I've always been you know a Ryu fan. You know, just the the simple, you know, uh, road warrior kind of person. But. Uh, well, he's 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 the perfect blank slate, yeah. you know. It's easy easy to project mm-hmm. onto onto mm-hmm. Ryu. Um, we're all Ryu in our hearts. I, I love that. Like, I feel like that that's like a a kind of indie game waiting to happen. The kind of the, the inner lives of the Street Fighter mm. characters. Oh, absolutely! I would, I would totally play that. Are you kidding that. me? I mean, they have those they have those story modes. It's like guys, just do that. <laughs> like Shen, like people 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 love Shenmue <laughs> like, for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah, let me just fight um, my way through the story. Like, seriously, though. <laughs> <laughs> so how, like, like, as you got older then, how did your relationship with games grow? Like, were they always kind of a central part of your life? Like you mentioned, this best friend, was that, like, the thing you bonded over most growing up? Yeah, um, you know, games have certainly always been there. Um, my my parents always, you know, support, supported me by, like, you know, uh, me and my brother by buying games um i remember you know i was the kid who totally like went into kb toys and like dropped you know a bag of pennies for uh, super street fighter 2 um on the counter and i was <laughs> you know just like thinking that that was totally appro- appropriate you know <laughs> like it's currency or whatever not realizing like the nightmare that i've just <laughs> delivered this person um uh <laughs> but you know um yeah, I just, you know, I have fond memories of, you know, my mother and, you know, being like, being like, you know, I want this thing. And we weren't really, you know, well off or whatever. My mom, my mom and dad just got like, you know, really enjoyed just, you know, supporting us and like seeing us happy and stuff. And so, you know, if I wanted like, I remember like getting like the Sega Genesis or I remember actually it being in my, <laughs> this parlor room with my brother and he, him doing, um, the the twirl kick from power rangers the one that the green ranger does tommy and you know it's like again like brotherly like i don't know what it is about maybe it's because video games is like we're in this competitive sphere or whatever because a lot of games are competitive but i remember trying to emulate him and i was like oh yeah well like i can do it too or whatever and i and i basically twirl kick my television <laughs> by accident and the the sega <laughs> the, the sega just you know it's a t- the, 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 at the time the consoles are physically attached to the to the tv and i yeah. just remember the, seeing like some some wire snapping it like the t- the tv hanging from the wall the wire like snap <laughs> like sparks um uh it was a pretty it was a pretty that good. is a hell of a kick <laughs> exactly yeah it was quite explosive so uh <laughs> but of course you know rather rather you know rather than see me grounded for or whatever for long my mom you know sure enough like very shortly after we had that like second gen genesis with the uh, lion king like packaged in or whatever um that those but, are very uh, understanding yeah. parents like, like that yeah. i can't imagine that going down that well in, uh, in many of the homes <laughs> Yeah, my mom's pretty cool. Um, oops, that was a glass. Sorry. That's um, okay. Cheers. Um, <laughs> cheers. Uh, yeah. Um, then you know, in I, I, you know, I certainly have kid memories like that. I, I remember running upstairs to the sounds of 
here and my brother playing Mario Kart 64 and like having this like realization that oh my god we have a Nintendo 64 inside our house which was like a surprise oh my god that's amazing um, like that was my like I heard like you know some sort of like wahoo and I was like are you kidding like <laughs> I like if I want to see what uh, yeah so pretty special. I got a weirdly similar story to that. It's not quite as magical uh, because uh-huh. it's kind of a little bit illegal. But I remember uh-huh. like I, I'm older than you. I, I I'm pretty sure I'm older than you. Sure. Um, and I remember being about eighteen or nineteen, and me and my friend Ben um, were really into emulation. Like this is when emulation uh-huh. like very like the very first time it started this was maybe four or five years after the nintendo 64 had come out and i'd i'd sold i'd since sold my nintendo 64 to buy a, a guitar amplifier so i was very much in, oh. in, at that stage of my life and he phoned me up and played the introduction to super mario 64 down the the phone to me because he had just got a, a updated his graphics card and he'd found the mm-hmm. nintendo 64 emulator and it was like you can play oh, wow. super mario on your computer and I was just so excited. I tried it. It didn't work on my computer. My computer was terrible. But, but that just that moment of like, this can't be real. You can't have done sure. this. And he had, yeah, it was amazing. It feels like unlocking this, like, you know, just like this dream place. Oh, um, it's so good. But um, yeah, you know, so a lot of memories like that, whether it's with like, you know, Pokemon or, you know, any of the, you know, the, I mean, those, those are some of the big ones for me. Um, and did they feel but, like kind of, you said you know it's like unlocking this magical thing did they feel like that to you like these kind of because i I tend to sort of find two types of of people that i speak to that people that just it's a kind of a closed sort of black box and they don't really know how they get made and that's fine Uh, that's very much where i stand um but like Mm -hmm. were you very aware that like oh this is a thing that people made like when did you start thinking about games in in that capacity um you know i i I subscribed to the magazines, so I knew, you know, I knew they were they were created by people. I didn't quite understand what that process was like, but you know, certainly my education of games was just playing a ton of them. Yeah. Um, and you know, learning, you know, a vocabulary and um, building a sense for for why certain things work and certain things don't, and then like thinking about them and talking about them and reading about their development and. Um, you know, it, oddly, and yet, you know, when I went to when I went to college, I went and I and I um, so I ended up at the University of Florida. I'm from Boston. Uh, basically, I did a summer program in architecture there as just like a means to like, try something new and see if I, you know, what I didn't know what I wanted to study. Um, architecture seemed interesting, and uh, ended up going to school there and studying graphic design because that was the one of the um, I saw a lot of the, the the great work that was coming out of the students uh, out of that program. Um, and I was like, okay, well, you know, I can specialize. So the first two years of the art school are, you know, kind of more free form. You can take it, you know, you're taking sculpture, painting, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then you focus for the last two years. But, um, you know, even at that time, you know, it's not like I was going to video game school and that was, you know, that was less of a thing. And I don't even know if I would recommend doing that. Um, you know, I certainly, I, I did end up going to um, the Entertainment Technology Center at Carnegie Mellon uh, for my uh, my graduate years, but really, you know, that was, you know, um, six months. It's, it's project based. It's, it's good. It's a good program. Um, but I was there for a year and then the next year was spent kind of offsite working on personal project and, um, interning with that game company. But, you know, even, you know, it wasn't even until up until then, you know, that's you know, four years through college where I'm like about to graduate. I'm just looking at the work that, and I've, you know, I, I kind of speak to this every time I kind of talk about this choice in my life, but, you know, I was looking at the work 
that um, a lot of the students were doing after or they graduated and after going to these like firms and ad agencies and stuff. And their work was just like way less interesting, or at least like, you know, the, the, the super people could like, we're still working on cool stuff and could kind of define what they want. But ultimately, they're kind of at the will of their clients. Um, yeah. And it was just like, man, you know, your, your, your work was so, so hot when it was like, when you were just free and you were like this like fireball in school and could like do whatever. And, you know, you just let, you know, your dreams take you. And, you know, seeing that, I was just, I was kind of like, you know, I should, you know, I want to make games. Like now's the time I should just try to do it. And I went to school for it. But um, yeah, you know, it wasn't really until then where I was like, oh, you know, I started, I did some classes like digital media stuff, like, you know, uh, in, in college, but I've always kind of, you know, I've never been a, an exceptional visual artist. I've never been an exceptional, you know, I'm not a much, very much of a, an engineer or a programmer, but, you know, I know enough to be able to, um, uh, you know, work with very specialized people and to compose a thing that I think um, is like sort of some, you know, some reaches some form that, you know, we're aspiring towards. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's a lot of fun. I like, I really love collaboration in that way. And, and there's so much to pick apart from that, but I want to go back very briefly. Like, as I mentioned, like I had sold my Nintendo 64, 64, I was going to be in a band and that was around the time I was right. going to university. Like, and, and I kind of fell away from games a little bit. Like, did you have that in your life? Cause you know, university is this chance to reinvent yourself. Did you go kind of with games, <laughs> so to speak as like, well, this is a thing I'm into. I want to meet other people that are into games or did you oh, kind of shy away from it a bit? Um, you know, my games, my relationship with others through games, I've never in my, in my sort of foreground, you know, near, you know, like personal life, like friends, I haven't for a long time, I didn't have people that were as into games as me. It was me. And then it was, um, you know, these people that I would meet through the internet. So I was, uh, um, I was, you know, for, you know, at least one season, I was a a professional counter-strike player and, you know, um, that, you know, that yeah <laughs> yeah one point one point six professional uh, Counter Strike uh, I used to play a lot of Counter Strike growing up that was one of my that's my pivotal game for me but um uh I just played all the time you know and got really good at it and ended up meeting people through it and you know uh, I actually got duped like I I I, uh, I was at a high enough level that I would I would sometimes cross paths with you know the top the top of the top you know like I yeah. I made it into I made it into Cal I but. And that was like the premier, you know, that was the top league at the time. But, um, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, you can be on the, be in the NBA, but then you can be Michael Jordan, right? There's like, there's a big gap. Absolutely. <laughs> right? So, you know, I could play in the NBA, I could play, you know, in Cal I, but, um, you know, I still looked up to, you know, the Jordans or whatever. Right. Um, so, so, <clears throat> um, that's all to say that like a lot of my, my relationships with people through games and about games and my relationship with games was, was uh, through relationships that I had online. And, you know, that I think paved the way for certainly um, games like Way and, you know, my, you know, why I ended up finding my way towards, you know, Journey and, and caring so much about working on that. Um, yeah. These sort of online relationships that, you know, you acquire. So yeah. so when did, like, when did you become a professional Counter-Strike player? Like, is that a thing that you go to university with and say, like, oh, how's it going? <laughs> no, no. I'm, Chris. I'm, a, I'm a pro gamer. Well, it's and also different, right? Like backwards. at the time, you know, like Twitch didn't exist, right? Like we had to go through these like re- back, you know, just we'd have to open up the console and like run these like you know yeah. scripts, like you know, start a recording, and you know, you had to like line up at the start of the match, and everyone had to record and submit the recordings into some like 
email account because as so ju- some judge could look at them and make sure that everyone's videos show that there was no sign of hacking as if that was any reasonable <laughs> measure to test that right like it was just like i don't know as, as billy best. mitchell uh, um, the downfall of billy mitchell is actually <laughs> Yeah, it all comes so. out in the wash eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the way you, the way that happens, at least back then, and probably still now, is um, you play a lot, and you know I would you know sort of work hard, play hard. That was kind of my that was you know I'd always sort of be able to balance it, and so you know I I have fond memories of of playing Counter Strike late into the night, hearing like the crack like the creak of like the hallway, you know wood or whatever and then like hitting them like getting in the team record hit the monitor like jump out of the chair lay in bed pull the covers over me and then like my dad opens the door and i'm like eyes closed you know like in bed uh that's amazing and Uh, like why i mean like uh, as you say it was before twitch and stuff so maybe this wasn't something you could do but if, if you're you know i'm presuming like a a kind of teenager at this level did you never think well maybe i can just do this this can be my job no because it, it really it's like the infrastructure wasn't there and also you know again like there was that divide right like i had to really hustle and I, I was really young um and i had to hustle to like compete at that level and also like i had other priorities right like i like i had to you know school work and this and that like it couldn't just be all kind of strike all day um but um it was it's a really fond moment I, I you know there's some videos that i wish you know weren't lost to time of you know certain like clutch plays like i remember being on like de cobble and just like coming off with like a usp during like pistol round and just like unloading on people and then at people i'm in my clan like asking i was uh, I, my alias was loki that was what i used to go by um and i just remember being like look are you hacking like no seriously like we 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 can't like well they're gonna they'll kick us out of the league and i'm like no nah, man i just went off <laughs> uh, that is right good I, I miss those days because that's when it mattered you know like playing in a league and so you know things like pub you know we can get back to this but like things like PUBG for me have been a bit of a research of that where it's like you know okay. the stakes matter the stakes matter here do you think yeah. like if you had had that experience maybe like 10 years later if you've been born a few years later that you would have pursued that more aggressively you know it would have seemed like a more kind of real thing that you could do pot i mean possibly it's hard it's really hard to say you know um just because people are such a product of their experience yeah um it's really hard to you know pull myself out and like imagine like maybe but at the same time i could also see myself sort of being unfulfilled from like a creative standpoint and feeling like you know okay yeah it's one there's there's you know there's the act of performing through games and you know esport and that sort of thing and then there's um the act of developing them so that others can to enable others people's performance and Absolutely. you know that second thing becomes a lot very interesting especially when you just think about you know when you start to play so many of these things like what you wish you could play and I saw just a big selfish act of me just trying to make things that I want to play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's often where the best stuff comes from. And we, we all know this. Yeah. Um, so when you went to uni then, like, did games still sort of form part of your life? Like, uh, or did they become more of a kind of introspective thing again? That's something you did on your own or online? Um, so I was in uh, all my horrors. No, it, it, was, it wasn't so bad. I was in a fraternity in college. Um, and that that wasn't something i was expecting to do it was like freshman year i mean um and 
I went to the University of Florida. I knew literally zero people. So at this giant school, I knew absolutely no one. And, um, <clears throat> and <laughs> these guys, like early on, it was during like orientation or whatever. Uh, not orientation, during um, like it's rush week or whatever. These guys in my dorm that seemed cool that I'd been hanging out with because I didn't know anyone else. So I was just like, okay, you know, you guys seem nice or whatever. They were saying they were going to go rush. Something, they didn't all have intentions of like joining or whatever. But then I just ended up choosing this one fraternity and meeting a lot of guys that would like seem really cool. And I was like, oh, this seems interesting and nice and like, you know, a good way to like meet people. And everyone seems smart and has like a, um, aspirations you know not you know certainly you know it sort of runs the gamut but um anyways this is all to say that during uni i just remember i think my like a lot of my video game memories are me being like playing host um to my friends and like showing them cool games or like you know let basically just leaving my room open like i remember in i had a room in the in the in the fraternity house and um i kind of because i didn't because i was so kind of consumed by like work stuff and like my art stuff and whatever yeah. like um the the fraternity stuff often kind of became like you know a second priority but it was still like a priority um but you know people i would go days and people wouldn't see me they're like where have you been i was like oh i just spent like the last like 48 hours like not sleeping like making a thing and i'd come back like and like covered in paint or doing some like weirdo project and they're like what are you up? like what are you doing you know like making some like i did like some sculpture piece of like the task was about proximity and i made a like a fake bomb uh and it like smelled of like gasoline it was like also and the people were just like what are you doing like i'm saying i don't know you're it's the weird art the weird art kid um I'm like um, I, I, I need to pause here because uh, my yeah. my entire understanding of fraternities uh, comes from movies, <laughs> right? That that is my only experience of it. Sure. It's not really it's a thing that you out. have in the UK. <laughs> like so, what what is it that kind of like? Is there a specific unifying theme of that fraternity that you joined for any particular reason, or was it just whatever? It was, you know. Uh, trying to find something to like you know grab onto something that seemed like uh, you know like making some really like good connections with some friends like early on and being yeah, like yeah, yeah. hey like we can hang out and so um, but was there like that, a, a thing that like this fraternity is about x or oh, y or whatever oh <laughs> um so this so the only reason i laugh is because um i'm just you know i'm uh well i'm an i was grown i was raised uh, catholic but I'm 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 since now uh, more uh, an atheist. But the 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 the, um, the fraternity that I joined is is nationally Jewish, and it was basically like high high <laughs> high percentage of Jewish uh, uh, people, uh, boys. Uh, it was all you know guys, obviously. Um, and um, there were there were non-Jewish individuals, but like by and large, it was mostly you know Jewish. But like, and I didn't really have much of a relationship with like Judaism or Jewish people because, you know, I just didn't know many growing up or whatever. It was just kind of a new thing for me. And so, um, but you know, in my mind it was like, whatever, they seem cool. <laughs> like, you know, that's not a thing. Like this, this genuinely that... sounds like the plot of a movie, like the, the Catholic guy from Boston <laughs> joining the Jewish fraternity in yeah, Florida, yeah. no less. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. So it led to, you know, it's just, it just led to some, you know, just some interesting moments, and, you know, interesting <laughs> yeah sure hijinks or you know just people being in the room that's like you know that you know there was it was uh, there was a lot of uh there was a heavy new york base a lot of like new york uh uh, uh jewish folk uh you know guys and uh jewish they had like the, the jewish uh sorority so they did like a lot of events with them or whatever i don't know it was like so but it, but again like it was kind of this 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 neat sort of thing that could like you know it was kind of like having this 
the structure in place where it's like, okay, a bunch of my friends are going to be hanging out together. They're, they're like hosting parties. They're like events. They're doing like charity stuff. And like, they can kind of like work on that. And I can kind of like come back to that whenever, you know, so I kind of had, it was kind of like, it's just a nice support network sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, so, but so, sorry, you mentioned like hosting and stuff. Like you're hosting (laughs) games. What were the hits that you hosted? Well, well, I just want to, I do just want to say that, uh, I basically, because I was so wrapped up in my art stuff that I wasn't really to, you know, I'd always come late to like decisions that needed to be made regarding like the fraternity stuff. And one of those things was, um, you know, if we're living in the, ha- like living in the house, like, so freshman year is over, so, uh, sophomore year is when you, 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 when you, when you can, you know, try to, you know, live in the house or whatever yeah. or, or pay dues or blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, I ended up with the what was what was thought to be the worst house in the room in the in the in the fraternity with, um, you know, a, 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 a person kind of this sort of like uh, a, a person that people didn't you know I think they had kind of like misinterpretations on a bit and okay. you know I just like I didn't get to choose who I was rooming with I didn't really get to choose my room and so I kind of you know I think so you know it seems like oh okay I don't really have a choice I guess I'm you know this is the hand I'm dealt but that ended up being really great the room ended up I like it had it was set up really weird where it had this sort of two tier situation and so I um and so one of my you know my roommates sort of slept beneath and I slept above but it, but the room's kind of split in half so the one half is tiered and the other half is open and so it kind of creates this sort of like like theater setup like stage seating that sounds and pretty so, cool and so right and so we would do like you know um I guess like Call of Duty, like Xbox 360 time, right? So if we do like Call of Duty or like Halo, and we would have like you know like two people up top, two people down below, you know, and that would be the split screen, and they couldn't really see each other. And actually, we could even have it where if you sat back the right way, you couldn't see the lower half of the screen, and they couldn't see the higher half of the screen, so you couldn't screen cheat. Um, and that was like part of the rule. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of became my my room basically became the open video game room where it's like I would come back from like you know having like working on these projects having not slept for days and like my room is like full of like eight people like you know playing you know Call of Duty 2 or something <laughs> that sounds really fun like yeah. did you ever kind of like yeah. in terms of like the games you've obviously gone on to make aren't aren't games like that but like were you interested <laughs> in those games oh, were you interested sure. yeah, in the I kind mean, of like Xbox Live okay, like, did you ever try a night where you're like right everyone guys we're gonna we're gonna play braid tonight so let's just pass yeah, the controller right, exactly, and appreciate right. it so that's, that's definitely one of the ones that like flashed in my mind when i think of like what the themes i would you know recommend i think um an easy one to impress people is portal you just put okay. that in front of especially you know a especially someone who's uh you know under the influence of you know some sort of uh you know uh, anything uh, yeah exactly sure <laughs> say anything uh no but like you know someone who's high or whatever i remember this my my friend jeremy was in my room and he was you know uh and he and i was like oh we're just gonna play something and i you know i'm the sort of person who i love to go try something new i don't really like to know much about it i would my my, my kind of favorite way to experience something is generally um know very little and just but what i do know is that like someone who i know has really good taste says it's good you know and yeah, that's like all perfect. i need um and so and similarly i like to do that for other people where it's like oh, i'm just gonna sit you down like here enjoy this here's a controller like you know kind of create a moment because like i know how special that game is you know and so i want to give that to other people and so i just remember you know and then and then just watching them as their mind explodes <laughs> <laughs> did that ever backfire was there ever like a, a real dud and you're like come on you're not playing it uh, right or whatever uh, um i mean 
I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure I try to erase those from my mind, but it's like, there's plenty of times where it's like, I end up feeling really guilty over like, you know, oh, I didn't, you know, if I, 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 you know, I, I try to make those go as smoothly as possible because I'm trying to like give this gift of this thing. Um, but you know, uh, sometimes you just have to be careful with like, you know, sometimes it's like an accessibility thing, like first person controls or like rubbing your tummy and patting your head, you know, it's just like, it's like, your audience, so, basically. Yeah. So you just have to know your audience a bit and, you know, you, you try to, you try to, you know, branch out where you can and find those sort of like transitionary things. But yeah, games, games are weird and the vernacular is very strange uh, for a lot of them. So. so when did you kind of have the idea that this is something that you, you could do, that you could make games? Like when did that sort of moment occur to you? Um, I guess when I went to grad school, it was kind of like a thing where it's like, you know, it, it kind of becomes this like sort of, uh, I did try to, you know, I did explore using like hammer a bit and build some levels for Counter-Strike. Like that was my way of, you know, designing because, you know, I understood Counter-Strike and that was a game. I could just like, oh, I, you know, if, if anything, you know, I, I understood what, it, you know, what went into a level at least a little bit and I could explore with like, you know, narrative or like world, you know, world building. Absolutely. Yeah. And you or, did the, a but, bit of architecture of course, as well, you know, which is obviously course, plays did, into yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, um, there's, there's a lot of stories of this. I know, like, Brendan Chung has done similar things, you know, I mean, much more so. He's, you know, he actually built, like, mods. But, um, but you know, like, I, you know, I did the thing where I started building my high school in Counter-Strike, which is, you know. Always such no, a creepy thing. And I remember talking to Brendan about this when he was on the show. And it is, like, oh, yeah. in retrospect, it's like, oh, my God, like, what? <laughs> Imagine someone finding that on your computer. You'd, you'd be in a lot of trouble, right? <laughs> Right, and, and you know, but and to me, and feeling like it was a little bit of this, you know, um, punk or whatever, or like bad Absolutely, thing to be doing. But yeah. at the same time, at the same time, think of it more like, I know, I just think this environment would be like a cool place to play. Like I know this environment, I want to see this in here. I want to like move through it in this space. You know, it, in some ways, it's, it becomes less about the fighting. Like you know, I, I like I don't even remember if I decided on like bomb sites. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. thinking of it that way. It's like, I just want to see this rendered through the, the, the hammer engine. I mean, you know? as a kid, that's kind of all you've got as your space is, is your school. Like that's that's right. the only thing that's yours and yours alone, so to speak. Yeah. So, um, so anyhow, when, yeah, when I basically decided that I was going to grad school, that kind of decided it for me. They basically, you know, put a, paired me with people that had skills that I didn't have, you know, we would do projects and say what, you know, and that enabled me to to make things that I was interested in have a voice and you know basically you know have to sort of because because I wasn't necessarily going to be in control of every part because I was working on these like multi-student projects you know four or five person teams or whatever you know had to you, you, do whatever we can to make sure that the thing that we ended up with was something that we all you know liked and enjoyed and so um and started to develop the skills with that that in personal skills um you know many of those i think also just develop with like life and like good parenting or like whatever absolutely etc um but but you know then just having to pick up you know the technical skills and of just like yeah where can i help you know starting off as a as a texture artist um for like student projects and then going from there doing some like modeling and whatever you know pulling sounds off the internet or like whatever and then just composing these things that over time became uh more and more uh uh, quality i guess yeah. but that was something you were you were aiming for though like or, or did you just kind of fall into this sort of like well games seems to be a thing that i clearly it love was, games and so I, why not just try and move into that direction 
I think, um, you know, my, my university experience through this graphic design program, it was a, it's, it's, it's a good program. There's a lot of really talented, you know, graphic artists who have come out of there and, and done really good work. And I think, you know, um, had I not had this sort of, you know, that's some, I, you know, I remember going, visiting different studios, thinking about, you know, is there a studio that I'd want to work at? And, and ultimately never really feeling like there was one that like made, it didn't really make sense. Like something still fell off and I still wanted to make games and games, I still cared about games and like, you know, that's something I want to do. And, and it was just kind of became this point where I was like, yeah, I, I guess I just need to do that. And, you know, I guess, you know, I thought, I was hoping that maybe when I finished college that I would like be able to take these things and immediately start doing something. Like I didn't know I was going to have to go to grad school or something, but it was at that point where it's like, I'm not ready. Like I'm not, Yeah. I have these skills, I have these things, but they're still, but I think the thing that I ultimately want to do, it's like, I don't think I'm prepared for that. And I don't know what they would look like to even try to do that. And it would be, have to be the like, securest route of like, what, I guess through graphic design or something, somehow become a game designer. Like, what does that look like? Like, I didn't know. And so I was just like, I'll just go to grad school. They'll tell me what to do. You know, and <laughs> I just tried to actually, it, it, it started with me, um, missing the usc deadline because theirs is months earlier and i was doing finals projects and i was like oh i'll apply during christmas break only to find out that it was you know over by that point they they their their applications are due in november uh or at least they were when i applied um and uh ended up going to carnegie mellon as a result of that because i was like oh uh i missed usc or else can i go and that ended up working out well because i ended up uh making a game there that you know and meeting some people that uh uh, you know, we were able to do cool stuff together, and, and they had good. Yeah, it's a good program. We can talk about that if you want to. But and but the, like when you sort of decided to do this, like did you have, um, like you mentioned earlier, you, you wanted to make the sort of you like to make things that you want to play. Like, did you have an idea of a game that you wanted to make, or or a type of game that you wanted to make that you didn't feel anyone was doing, or were you just like, I just like to work in games, and I'm not really sure. I mean, the, how you. I mean, the formative moment for that really, I mean, I, you know, I did my earlier student work, but the, the, like the moment I had a, a mission, like a quest to make a thing was my, my final, like in, in that, well, that was something, you know, that, that could be anything I wanted it to be, you know, and what does that look like? Um, uh, that was, that was my, my final project in grad school. That was the thing that, you know, um, got me, that was way, that was what got me working on on journey because basically um you know i had done other projects and you know tried to do cool things with them and i think you know did some i think did some good student work we did um for example i did this sort of like kind of like interactive theater thing called uh the stage hand which is there's a live actor kind of like playing with a shadow on a, and the shadow is like reacting to his movements um and it's kind of like this like relationship between this guy and this like this this guy is who's like down on his luck and this you know the shadow shadow who's also kind of like left there kind of unseen um but like that sounds cool you know yeah yeah so you know just doing some cool stuff in there did like a did a um a, we, we mounted a infrared camera to the ceiling and projected like a DDR dance floor like thing onto the ground. And then we get, we, it, it was, it, it, it was kind of like a beautiful failure. And then we uh, hooked up uh, some IR sensors to your feet. And then you could, it actually became like a, like a version of DDR where the floor just expands over the whole course of the room, essentially. Oh my God, um, that sounds amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds I was amazing. a big some, fan of DDR as a kid. That was oh. a, a really big game for me when I was younger. Yeah, for sure. Um, I built, uh, we made a game called Day of Nights, spelled K-N-I-G-H-T-S, which is um, 
you have uh, it was played using the Wiimote. You know, they, they said they had some interesting um, just like projects where it's like, oh, this project, you're going to have to use this weird platform, you know, and think about how to, you know, solve for this, you know. And so they were, they, they did a good job of doing of having these sort of like micro projects, like four week projects or yeah. three to, you know, that got us to focus on the thing. OK, this one's about story. This one's about this, you know, and piece of engineering. This one's about this other thing. And then the final one was kind of like, OK, all these things that you learned and these concepts now bring them together into one thing, you know. And um, I think for, for the, at least that semester, that one thing was this project called Day of Nights. It was using the Wiimote. And um, I could put it up on my website. I don't know. I kind of, you know, hide the things that aren't super solid, you know, the formative years. Um, but uh, you're basically, there's like a, it's like a festival. It's kind of 3D kind of, uh, but side on camera, like a 2D camera. And um, there's a wizard who's like performing for the great, you know, Day of Nights during this festival. Everyone's, in, you're playing as a knight, this little squat kind of like chibi knight character running around. And when you, when you, you run left by tilting the controller left, right, by going right. And basically the, the problem is that the wizard is actually not a good wizard. And he just starts causing, like, trying, like, trying to do his best, trying to put on a good show, and just like causing havoc. And then basically, the you, the earth kind of like falls out from under you, and you're just kind of like on this like teetering log kind of thing. You know, the, the you know the the rest of the earth has sort of fallen away, and you're kind of using the collective bodies of all the players to kind of keep this thing upright. And so you're running left and running right, but meanwhile the the wizards you know casting spells and making a a player like really big and suddenly really heavy or you know that sounds really fun so yeah it was just like a goofy you know but i think like it was a party game um you know tried that but you know it wasn't until you know we had you know when 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 it came time to think about okay what is the project that i'm going to do what am i going to pitch to the faculty and like get a semester and just work on that with a team you know because that's that's basically how the outside of that initial uh exploratory you know um semester called building yeah. virtual worlds um you know it became just you know projects you either would work with they would work with third parties like you know uh, foundations or businesses clients whatever that would come in and be like hey do you, can your team you know explore x and then the other option was to pitch a project and so you know my ultimate goal was to pitch a project and, and so where did um, the idea for that come from so um for the game yeah for way um so way you know i think way is the product of um at least for me uh way is the product of a number of those sort of formative years online um forming relationships with strangers uh definitely final fantasy 11 online that was a big one for me okay. uh, in particular um that what made that game interesting um for me, in terms of like sort of expanding my horizons, expanding my worldview, was that the servers were um, uh, a mix of Japanese and American players, and so um, and so it just kind of created some you know some interesting, sometimes strange, sometimes upsetting like social behavior, um, um, sometimes amazing social behavior, and so um, you know I just have memories in playing that game that that really stuck with me, just like really pivoted pivotal moments about you know interacting with a stranger and not being able to communicate but having a clearly having a kind of very affectionate bonding experience absolutely through the yeah. video game and then you know that's sticking with me and then um when i was at the university of florida between my junior and senior year i took a um i did a, a study abroad uh in japan uh in tokyo where um for i want to say it was five weeks we um it was kind of a dual program we would we would make art we kind of we would we kind of we would go to we would sort of explore the city explore japan um kind of go 
you know, go out during the day. And then our evenings were meant to be about sort of like an arts practice of, of then channeling what we've seen and learned and, and putting that into to visual art and then or and then the, the when I say dual program the other part of it was writing and so then we had a writing side so we had an English teacher and a graphic design professor that came out with us um and it's sort of amazing and then it culminated it was yeah it was, it was quite cool and then it culminated with um us putting on a gallery show in Harajuku um so it was like open to the public and so you could just have any of these like sort of Japanese you know uh you know citizens sounds you know city people coming coming through and and seeing what we had worked on and you know how we were channeling there, you know, this place in, you know, into this, you know, yeah. this stuff that we were presenting. And it, my stuff was all, was a lot of focus, a lot about, um, stereotype and, um, just sort of like over the, like having this sort of, this sort of awakening process that, you know, I experienced over the course of being there for five weeks where, you know, you get there and you're like wide eyed and bushy tailed and like, it's so foreign and exotic strange and then you're there long enough to start to, you, you see certain patterns and you kind of you know accept them as like you know they must be the sort of objective truths for like the entire the entire country it's like not like that you know yeah. and then you see things that break that pattern and um and it just becomes you know it comes all embroiled with this concept of like what does this place mean and like how are people here and then you know this yeah just trying to chart that and like what those some, some of those observations were and just doing some collages based on that but that stuff's on my website you can see that um that, that totally makes sense though because like way is essentially like a, a communication game it's like how mm-hmm. to like a non-verbal communication game and kind of it's gestures right that's kind of you you're yeah, gesturing so, with another person yeah, which like so, for japanese culture especially is like hugely important the the whole kind of um uh ceremony of of, of gesturing and what various gestures uh-huh. mean is is massive in, for in sure Japan. exactly so yeah it's right at the center of that and actually um the day i arrived in japan um, the morning we arrived, uh, we were going to, the first, the first thing to do was going to, we were going to go to the, um, Tsukiji fish market and, uh, it's just, it's in, in Tokyo, it's, it's a super large fish market and it's just the most amazing thing. Um, and, uh, but the, the, the idea was that, you know, we were going to get there super early. You have to get there at like 5am or something. We we're going to like, you know, a bus was going to pick us up at seven and we we're going to, you know, head to the hotel and like check in and stuff. And that was like stop one. So we didn't have like anything with us. We didn't know where we were. We didn't know where we were staying. It was like, we were literally just dropped in and like, this is, you know, step one's going to be this because I think it was a way to say like, Hey, we're going to be jet lagged. We're going to have some time. It's going to be kind of like a weird hour. Let's like take the opportunity to go to this place. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, uh, we go there and we're just like, it just, it's total. I mean, we're, in, I've never been anywhere, you know, I'm this kid from, you know, greater Boston. Like you grew up in like, you know, mid to lower class, you know, you know, um, parents. Um, and so and then you're in a fish you know, market in Tokyo and I'm in a fish market in Tokyo. And I'm like, Oh, you know, and it's just like, it's kind of just blowing my mind. And so we're just, you know, just beside ourselves, just, you know, and also with, with my friends, like these are people that I, you know, see, on Absolutely, our yeah. I work beside, you know, they're part of my graphic stu- design studio, you know, program whatever so anyhow um we don't we it's basically uh so there's a, this bus stop outside this shrine and um i had gotten i had brought my camera because you know i'm in this country and i had taken a photo of the shrine uh just because and uh because it was cool you know and yeah, um absolutely it as the as you know we we kind of like lost track of time and when we like look at our watches we have like um, two minutes to be back in the before the bus leaves you know and um we don't have like you know we don't have phones we don't know where we're supposed to go like this place is a huge fish market we don't know where 
the this direction is and then i just it just dawned on me so we're just like standing in, in like a bustling area like trucks and you know whatever you know a lot of fish obviously and um and i just like it dawns on me to like pull out my phone and like open up the picture of that shrine and i just uh, and there's this woman this older woman who's sort of like the short older woman speaking to him and in the truck um who's like up above her he's like a big truck like looking down or whatever and i just um i put out my camera and i lit up the picture on my screen and i just yell out sumimasen which is the only word in japanese i know apart from like you know arigato which is just excuse me um and then i just point at the the image of the the shrine on my phone on the display and i just like hold up my hands to say like i don't know where this is but like, clearly i'm like pa- i'm panic stricken you know and there's like a, a you know a squad of like eight people around us we're all like looking at her now like all we're all kind of in panic mode and she just immediately like turns the guy in the truck like says like basically says like have to go she like bows and then turns to me grabs me by the hand and then she just starts running um <laughs> and um you know we're just, we're just running to this place and, you know we just like oh my god like you know clearly this is happening it's like a, it's like a eco moment or something um and then brings us to this bus stop, you know, just as like the final people are boarding up on the bus and she kind of like bows and she smiles and like waves and like disappears into the sea of people never to be seen again. Um, and that was just amazing. That was like, okay, step one in Japan that happens. Um, <laughs> I think, I think this is going to be pretty That's fun. Amazing. You know? um, I have, um, that... uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I just, I have oh, yeah. to mention this at this point. Um, I, I went to Japan a few years ago, me and my girlfriend spent a, a few weeks there and it was amazing. And similar to you, like uh, Sumi Masen was was my only currency. Um, <laughs> yeah, however, sure. I I only realised that that was the correct way uh, to pronounce it, or or to, that was the correct correct word I was looking for on like the last day, and the previous kind of oh. ten days before that, I'd been saying Wakari Masen, which means I don't understand. <laughs> so whenever I bumped anybody in a on a subway train, or whenever. I, I was unsure and asked someone directions. I would just be saying, I don't understand. I'd, I'd bump into someone. I don't understand. Uh, Sorry. I, don't I mean, understand. it's a nuanced difference, right? Excuse me. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, in a similar way. <laughs> and I was mortified because sure. the amount of times that I kind of oh, bumped goodness. people and said, oh, yeah, what can I even send? And they kind of looked at me funny. That's um, funny. Yeah, it's terrible. That's a good story. But that, that, um, sounds, like, that sounds like a, a, that's a really beautiful kind of... Um, kind of moment of genesis you know for an idea like do you look back on that is that just something you thought about and therefore that story stands out in retrospect or do you think at the time it had that effect it's definitely a retrospect situation like you know it it dawned on me later how how close that moment is to what way is yeah um and the the performance of way and playing way you know i have this piece of information that you don't have um you know, I, I have a view of the world that you don't have. I have to, you know, I can communicate, but only through my gestures in like very limited language. And then, you know, we're going to like, you know, have a moment you know, where Absolutely. we get through that together. And, and, and way is about the sort of handing off of moments like that, where one person is playing the, the leader and then the other person is playing the leader. And, you know, both people are kind of like looking each other through this sort of like, um, uh, I don't want to speak too much. I mean, people should play it. Um, Absolutely. Uh, uh, but there are some surprises in there. And if you want to, you know, I think that the, the challenge, though, with any sort of like, you know, a multiplayer puzzle game of any sort, it's more of like an adventure puzzle game. But yeah, um, um, is that 
they, you know, when they're over, people don't necessarily have any incentive to play them again, unless, unless they're like procedurally generated or something, something or whatever. But yeah. way's not, and so you know there is an ending, and so there isn't people that just play it forever. So you know, if you do end up playing it, you'd either have to search for a while or maybe try like tweeting out like a, a per, like a something on Twitter, like hey, like I'm playing this thing, like jump jump in and play or something, or try to create get like you know round up the troops to play it because and you can get just paired play somebody, it, you can just get it, on you can your just website. download it and yeah. play it, yeah. Um, you know, it's a student game. It was it was one of the earliest things we made, but it's and so it, that shows. But I think the the, the concept is solid. And is that that's is that what got you kind of in with that game company? Because... Yeah. So I was making um, I was was creating way inside of uh, EA Redwood Shores. Actually, Carnegie Mellon had a sister site inside EA Redwood Shores, and so I spent I went to the West Coast. You know, this like little sister campus inside of EA to develop this game and kind of live in, you know, Redwood Shores and basically south of San Francisco for, um, for the semester, the spring semester. And, um, while I was there, uh, yeah, so, so we were going to make way. And, you know, part of the luxury of that is, um, actually Kyle Gabler did a similar thing. Kyle Gabler, um, from, um, Worlds of Goo and Lil Inferno. He was also an ETC. And then Neil, Dr- Neil Druckmann, I think maybe a year after him. Um, anyhow, I don't know if Neil did the EA thing, but um, anyhow, uh, so we're, we're in EA, and one of the luxuries of that is there we get to do these sort of they get to pair us with some EA people, you know, designers or whatever producers yeah. to kind of like check in on our projects and like you know give us give us advice, and we'd have to do these presentations and um, to you know um, to these same individuals, and um, in those presentations, the uh, I want to say I want to say the chief creative officer of EA, uh, this guy Michael John. Um, would sit on them and you know ea at the time was trying to uh scout me they were you know they were trying to like get me to work for them and that was like you know i didn't know where, where i was going to go but you know i knew the sort of things i the, i had i certainly had the places that i respected and like i liked and i wanted to work at and whose work i thought you know was as close to the thing that i wanted to make and yeah. um I mean, that must have felt um, good, though, to be kind of scouted from such a big company. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. It's it, it's just like, you know, it's like, it's just hard. It's like, I don't know. It's like, you know, they're, they're being so gracious to me, but, you know, do I really want to? Do and unfortunately, you know, so I was, you know, and I can't, I, I don't want to, like, kill this awesome opportunity. So I'm kind of on the fence about it. But, you know, they finally <laughs> have me have lunch with um you know, this guy, uh, MJ, who's the chief creative officer. And so I've got all the way up to having lunch with him, which is like, whoa. Um, and he's like t- asking me about like what I'm, what I, what I like to play, what I'm into, you know, you talking to me about, a bit about way. And he goes, where he goes, uh, where do you want to work? And I was like, well, he was like, you want to work at that game company? <laughs> I, go, I go, I do want to work at that game company, but they're not hiring a designer right now. He goes, Oh, they're hiring and you're going to apply. Cause I'm going to tell them today that you're applying and you can't make me look like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> what like, an amazing oh, okay. thing to do <laughs> yeah he's really awesome uh he's the best and so um and he's been a great man like uh just a good you see he's always you know he's always in the right places and um helps run the uc san was i don't know if he's still running but was help, helps run the uh or runs the uc santa cruz um program but um now but uh and is no longer at ea but anyways so you know i got a I basically got a call from Robin Haneke at the time and was just like, when can you start? I was just like, cool. <laughs> I guess we're doing this now. Um, but, you know, way he had seen way and had seen, you know, the things I was exploring and unbeknownst to me, you know, this secretly, this other game journey was being developed. 
and um it's just like you know it's like oh like this is obvious you should just yeah that fits that. like that that works <laughs> that goes together yeah that um, is amazing so, there's yeah. going to be so many uh, aspiring game designers who are just furious at how simple <laughs> and, and easy that story so was so i if you want to get even even more furious um during before that the summer before i did an internship and uh one of the one of the a friend of mine uh, i was you know i've always tried try to just find who you know i've always just tried to click with people who i think shared my taste or are just trying to like you know uh, just you know the who are exciting me like the things that they're thinking about or working on or just like cool down to earth whatever and so uh like naturally that just ends up being tends to sometimes be people who are like above my year or whatever so yeah. like like the, i actually ended up like you know getting really close with a lot of the students the year above me and there's, there's a particular squad of guys but um this guy michael lewis um was a intern at the the summer before at the stupid fun club which is will will Wright's um sort of uh creative think tank at the time i don't know if it's still kicking i don't think so but okay. um and then so my so the, you know the next summer when it was time for internships and in, in, in where are we gonna go um, you know he puts in the word in for me there and so my my welcome to California actually so basically I, so I got a, you know an internship working at the Stupid Fun Club so working at Will Wright's studio and um, and I'm having trouble finding an apartment you know and I'm like oh you know it's getting down to the wire like I'm supposed to go out there I'm supposed to start and I'm having trouble finding an apartment and I write this email kind of like nervous of like what they're going to say because like you know this is like one of my first like real you know game jobs or whatever yeah. um, and I just get a wife back from um, Will's uh, wife at the time who's like also at the time being like secretary office manager or, like doing the you know the paperwork sort of thing and uh, she goes oh just come stay in our guest house <laughs> oh come on <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like what you lived in will you know, wright's guest house. for so for for three or four weeks yeah i will get too into it it was it was it was kind of odd um he had just had a baby and so i didn't even end up seeing him i was like i had this weird relationship where i was kind of like gazing at him through a window for <laughs> you're, for a you're the fonzie to his richie Cunningham. <laughs> but you know it was like you know it was like driving up to this you know absurd you know um you know, it just it has an address like almost out of like a storybook or like one of those like fake addresses. Yeah. You know, like one like one overlook, you know, way or whatever. You know. Oh man, I have so many questions about Will Wright's house, but I will I will uh, respect his his privacy. Sure, exactly. I mean, that sounds so, that sounds amazing. So you know, so my my welcome to California was renting. I've never rented a car before. I was like renting like a Ford Focus or something. I, okay, and granted, like we can also you know. There's, there's, I, I'm also like a, you know, a white male. So there's, I, I, I also understand that, that, that this is probably easier for me to do than other people that are Absolutely, given yeah. similar opportunities. So, but yeah, I mean, my welcome to California was fucking, you know, renting a Ford Focus and driving up the like switchbacks of Berkeley or whatever. And like parking at this like insane, like during sunset and like having like a, like nanny let me in like, Oh, here's your house for the next three weeks. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> That's Whatever. just that's just incredible. That's incredible. Stupid. Yeah. I mean, that's just a funny story. Like, <laughs> you know, the working at the Stupid Fun Club was was interesting. We, you know, we worked on a number of different kind of projects that many of which, you know, probably all of which never saw the light of day. But it was kind of cool to just be able to, you know, make some stuff. I don't know whose money we were spending, but um, <laughs> you know, we tried some weird stuff and stuff. You know, and ultimately, I was I I was pretty happy with the fact that. Um, before I left, I was able to pitch a game idea using some technology that they had built that I thought was just kind of going t towards the wrong use. Like it was like this really amazing sort of bot brain 
kind of conversational stuff where like these brains were like talking to each other and like learning from each other. It was like kind of pre Siri pre, um, and you know, uh, I think Will wanted to make like a, I don't know, like a, he had some idea to make like some sort of like sarcastic kitchen aid or something <laughs> like some, you know, it's like, how do you make mashed potato, mashed potatoes? And it's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, I don't know what it would say, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but, uh, excuse my language, but you know, but you know, I heard that. that I was like, "Wait, the what?" Stupid this, fun club. This, <laughs> the stupidest. Like it was just like I, this amazing technology. So ultimately, I pitched them on this idea to do a. Um, and I think I still think this is a good game. And so, um, I don't know if I will ever do this. You know, I'm, I I think the stuff that generally I tend to make, if it's given my own control, is is tends to be online. But maybe this is an online version of this. But basically, it was the idea was it was kind of Pokemon meets Bot Brains and. Um, you would basically have a primitive bot brain that was kind of like your pet and you know um it would talk into other bots and um if it didn't understand something and they would like try to tell jokes to each other and if it didn't okay. understand if it didn't understand a concept it would come through as like jarbled and like pixelated or whatever they kind of used like visual language but also there was like you know there was there was words that you could hear like the, they would talk but it would just come through as like garbled and so, for example, you know, say you tell, tell a joke and you use the word um, dinosaur, but I don't understand your, you, you know, your bot says that, but my bot doesn't understand the word dinosaur. And so it just goes like, it just comes through jarbled and you go like, well, that's like a chicken lizard. And, you know, maybe I don't understand like chicken. And so that comes through as garbled and then you come up with, you know, another like, well, that's like, a, you know, whatever. And through the process of this, it's just generating a bunch of quests. And then the okay. idea is that. You're, you basically have to send your bot out and, and like it, your bot needs to learn these concepts by getting like using the, the do- base domain knowledge that it has and like learning like the ancillary knowledge around this concept, then learn that concept. But then you can then go. Um, so so basically the idea was that you would have to like learn these concepts by going on these quests so that you could come back and the guy could finish his joke. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, so it's just again, just like, whose money are we spending? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, but uh, it was, it was fun. That's that's amazing. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna take a brief aside for a moment, Chris, and uh, sure. ask you some relatively quick fire questions. Um, and we've it. kind of touched on a few of these already, so I'm interested to see what you say. Uh, so, Chris, if you had to play a, a game with death for your own mortal soul, what game are you best at? Oh my goodness. For my own mortal soul? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're both atheists, so maybe, you know, it's figurative, so don't don't be too stressed. I guess Edith Finch. <laughs> like, it's hard to screw that one up. I know it I know it intimately well. Um I it doesn't I'm not competing. It's not like I can lose, <laughs> you know. That's um, that's that's that I need to alter that question because a few people now have kind of use yeah, these kind of way. like stardew valley or something and just, well come on you can't you can't just play they're just you're just gonna make friends and just play forever no i know oh no oh are you saying this is this my desert island game because that's a different i mean that's a different question obviously that's a whole other question no this oh, okay is, yeah this, this is, is just if i was that. dealing with death yeah you know like bill and ted's bogus journey or seven seal oh style. i have to and there's a challenge okay a okay challenge. yeah bill and ted bill and ted um What am I gonna choose? Sorry, I know I should be quick fire. I'm good, I guess. Surely, I'm... surely. I, I just assumed you would just say Counter Strike. Like, yeah, but it, I'm rusty now. You know, That's if okay. it was right Let, now, let's assume called, that you yeah, could yeah, play say, at your say, peak then. Uh, or Rocket League. I think those are my two. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Um, are you, I mean, clearly you were, but are you still a competitive gamer? Have you ever been locked in a particularly memorable rivalry or competition? 
Um, I, yes, I, you know, my, I, I, when I was, yeah, when I was doing, you know, I was playing in clans, uh, or particularly one clan, this clan Onyx, um, we, yeah, we kind of like rose through the ranks and kind of went from, I think we maybe started as Calo, got all the way to Cali for a season. But in that time, you know, you're basically playing a lot of people who've been there for a while at the top and you're showing up and it's like, who are these randoms? And so, you know, when, when you get to take down the pros and get called a hacker by the pros, it feels really great. <laughs> um, have like if 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 you are prone to such things, Chris, um, what was your worst rage quit? Oh, my worst rage quit. Oh, I don't know. You kind of wipe aside from doing a Power just... Rangers crescent kick TV off the wall. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh. Uh, my, it wasn't so much rage it was a lesson it was a learning lesson um i had it was during the summer you know summer vacation and i was playing banjo kazooie and i had played the whole thing uh i had gotten to like the secret stuff i'd be like i'm like 100 percenting this i'm like at the final 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 like it has banjo kazooie is this weird game where it seems it has like this like final extra mode that goes like beyond the main mode and um, might even have like two of those and uh, there's a sequence where you're kind of going through like Gruntilda's game show and um, I, I I died so I was like okay I'm just gonna you know I'm, it, it, I, it was like faster it was like more optimal to like relaunch the console than to like go back through the menus and like let it play out its cutscene and like blah 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 yeah so I just like relaunched the game and uh, I don't know what I hit but when I went to uh, when I went to go to my save file I had deleted it oh no um, and there was just this moment of just acceptance <laughs> <You know? laughs> like like i had to quit i wasn't like you know i had like i had to ask myself am i gonna ever do this again <laughs> you know? am i ever gonna get back here to see and, and have completed this game and it was just this realization that was like no banjo kazooie kazooie is dead <laughs> <laughs> and like meanwhile my uh meanwhile my brother's like outside playing basketball and like having like a great day <laughs> and i'm like looking out my window yeah well well that, that, that um that leads nicely into the next one, which is, has there ever been a game that's consumed your life to the point where you've had to get rid of it and delete it from your system? Um, I want, I, uh, Final Fantasy XI was, was, you know, was both a, a bit of a blessing and like a, an obsession. Um, and I, I, pl- I certainly played it in my own way. Um, but uh, the, thing, the, the thing that was so kind of like crippling about that game is <clears throat> they have these rare spawns, these like notorious monsters that um, pop every, you know, they spawn, you know, at, at, at random intervals, you know, but, but not for sometimes hours. And uh, they only, there's only one of them and, and they, but they drop really good loot and that loot's really good on the market. And, you know, just, you know, by getting, you know, one of these drops, you could potentially, you know, you know, it, it was just like, it was just the, the, with the, the auction houses and things, it's just like, there was a lot of money. And there weren't probably enough ways to spend it, but there was, but it was, but it was kind of controlled by a small percentage of like these like elite players, because um, they could kind of like they could kind of like drive the prices of the market. Yeah. And so for a new player coming in, it was actually hard, really hard to get above that. You know, you kind of had just kind of like mediocre uh, gear for the most part. Um, but if you you know if you get one of these drops, that problem goes away. You know, you now have enough of an influx of cash that you can like at least you know not have to think about this anymore. Right, yeah. and play the rest of the game, and so um, I was a, a Taru Black Mage, which is this little kind of like cute, uh, like squishy, you know, uh, bearish kind of character, and a Black Mage, which is like a range damage dealer. Um, 
and <clears throat> that was my role. I like you know I like to play DPS and online uh, role games typically, um, and I like to be squishy. I like I like things. I like where like you know my life is on the line kind of things at all times. And I don't you know if I fuck up too hard, you know I get really all these years kind of strike. Yeah, um, um, but uh, sorry, when, why did why did I bring this up? Because uh, it's consumed your life, and you're the, oh, looking for a rare drop. Oh, okay, right. So, right. So, I'm looking for a rare drop, right? And so, um, there is this. There's this lizard called Leaping Lizzie, and it exists just outside. It spawns just outside the main uh, kind of um, Gulka, which is like the kind of the big, the large. This is this is a large kind of like muscly creature, like their city. Okay, and. Um, and but I was that was my hometown, so that's where I started. That's where I spawned. So that was like you know noob town, noob area for for me. And I like venture out and, just, <laughs> and I find out about this lizard. And you know I had played there a lot of the rest of the game, but I had seen the lizard. I was familiar with it, and I knew it dropped these boots that were really good. They're called leaping boots, and uh, they would they would sell for millions of gold if you could just drop them. And so I started to like look for it. And me, you know, and she and, and you start to notice that like you know there's there's a whole MMO here, right? There's a whole world to explore, and then there's this hillside, and there's just you know at any one time there could be three, four, five, seven, ten people just standing on this hillside waiting, right? <laughs> just waiting for this thing to appear. Um, at, and who knows when it's coming, right? We could be here for hours. And there was um, no, there wasn't like the destiny tracker where it tells you when there's no, a public event no, coming or anything. No, like no, no. There's just not no information. Uh, it just will be here sometimes, and other times, and for the most part, it won't be, <laughs> right? Um, and I, you know, in in if you're hunting, it's going very get gonna get a very nuanced conversation about hunting uh, rare monsters in Final Fantasy XI, but. Um, and when you're hunting rare monsters, uh, it was it's usually ideal to be a thief ranger. The reason for that is a thief, a level tw- a level at least a level 25 thief ranger, because at level 25 thief learns flee, which is a f- where you get to run really fast. And uh, ranger, a ranger as your subclass, um, um, teaches uh, I think it's called like find or something, where it kind of just gives you an overview of the map um, and the, the creatures that have spawned in it. Um, and I think if you level that up even further, you can maybe it maybe increases the range of how far that can view or whatever. Um, but that was the ideal hunting. But me, no, I, I didn't play that way. I was a black mage. And that's the amount of time that I had spent playing, and I wasn't about to go level a thief up to twenty-five. So I was this 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 kind of like slow-moving black mage. But I was a black mage ranger is how I would play it, and. Um, I was there so often, and I learned that lizard so much that I would actually beat the thieves at the getting the the, the spawn. And so I got in this habit, and I didn't have any macros. I didn't have any like weird. I would get in this habit of like opening up my range. Like you had to do this process of like in order for to to because the, the 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 list of the characters in the and if you were using a ranger and you did the seek thing, um, the, the 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 list would populate, but it would only populate once, and then you have to refresh it again. And the process of refreshing it was like recasting it. And so I yeah. got this into this habit of just like opening, casting, viewing list, close, open, cast, view, close, and I could. And like, is this do competitive? It like, like, do you have I could to do get there first? I have to get there first, yeah. Because once you once you once you get aggro, like once you claim aggro, it's bound to you. The drop's bound to you, and so like oh it's my yours God, to such kill. High stakes. And so it's and so I just get in this cadence, a cadence. Imagine for hours. Imagine for hours in like half second intervals. You're like <laughs> sca- you're like scanning a list of thirty names, like and getting so good that you're not even seeing 
You're not. <laughs> it's so insane. You're not even <laughs> seeing the names anymore. You're just seeing like the character length difference, yeah. kind of. Or and it and, the, and it's very minuscule. It's not even character length difference because the names are actually quite similar in length. So you're not even looking for that. You're just looking for like a slight change in like the visual noise, of like you know you know when you're scrolling through that list and that name Leaping Lizzie is like flying through the list. Um, I know exactly. It just looks yeah. it just looks a little different, right, <laughs> than the other ones in the name um and so i would just i would just do that do that do that and then i would see it like the second it pops or whatever very shortly after scan it find its position start running and then i would usually be running towards the lizard before because it spawns in a quite large region that was the part of it that's that made it, it wasn't like a fixed location okay and so you had to be doing this and so i would start running and i would get i would get there and then you know by the way by the time i'm like halfway to it you would hear like all these thieves cast flee like they're a little bit later <laughs> than me and they would start running and you could hear them and they could like hear their footsteps like catching up to me and like right before they're like about to pass i would like cast like my quickest like spell because i'm i'm ranged i'm a mage and so i can do these long casts and like just before their swords would like hit my like stone would hit the lizard and i would claim it and oh my god they would get so mad uh, <laughs> And oh, I, that I, is an amazing story, Chris. Amazing. I hunted, I killed that monster sixty-six times, um, and this is it. Doesn't sometimes it doesn't spawn for you know four hours, eight hours, whatever. And I even like developed like a sixth sense of like where it would spawn, and sometimes it would have these like hyper like micro spawns where it would like spawn like two like maybe like seven minutes after, and not even hyper where it's like oh you just cast it again. It's like there's like these weird ones where it happened like maybe it would pop like seven minutes after it just died or something, and so I would get pretty good at you know keeping those around. But maybe that was like a, a weird tactic for them to keep you there playing more or something. Um, I mean, that's a regardless. whole game all in itself. Yeah, so that's exactly right. So I found this like micro game within the game or whatever. Um, and I never got the drop once. Oh, that is a that is a brutal ending. Never. <laughs> <laughs> and was that was that like after the 66th time where you're like, okay, I'm done. No more. I was like, I need to, I need to stop, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I think that's it. I think that was the one. <laughs> oh man, that is so brutal. Um, it's okay and and you know i i it's funny because i introduced friends to the game like it wasn't really like a close friend but he was a younger kid in high school i introduced him to the game he got the boots so many times he got him he got it like maybe the first time i took him to the hill (laughs) that's a bad day that's a really bad day when you introduce this this young kid and they just they straight away oh man yeah and he had a pretty dumb name too (laughs) <laughs> well, what, would you, well, what was the damn name i don't know blue glue oh, that's a pretty good oh, name actually it's pretty good not name. bad i it's mean when good. you when you can be with like leaping lizzie and stuff <laughs> that's just that's just my frustration that you're hearing <laughs> um that wasn't quick fire but it doesn't matter because that was absolute gold um yeah. is there a game that you go to for for comfort like a chicken soup game Ooh, for comfort uh i mean certainly i think rocket league is a bit more comfortable than PUBG. the stakes are still there but it's a little it's a little softer, um, but yeah, for comfort, um, you know, it's rare for me to load up something comforting. <laughs> uh, I, you know, a game Just that makes me comfortable as well. Like, is, uh, yeah, is there a point uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know. I, I answer these games, these answers really poorly. Um, Starseed Pilgrim is a really good one for me. Is a comforting game for me. Um, it kind of feels like managing this sort of. Uh, once you are playing it long enough, and it sort of turns over from being this sort of. Um, wonderful kind of like weird like 
discovery phase of like exploring what this game's capable of and what its rules are, um, it, it, you end up the sort of it t- turns into this sort of kind of gardening kind of experience where you're the pathways that you're carving to sort of traverse the world um, because you're traversing through this sort of hub so frequently. Um, you start to build optimizations. You like start to connect nodes like through the, but the well, the way that you're building is kind of haphazard and random, like because there's a bit of randomness to every time you create something, and so you start to you know, kind of internalize this this sort of lo- this sort of this build logic that happens, and yeah, and you, and I started to like kind of like build castles and crazy jumps and stuff that I would like you know spend time and just like moving through this hype, you know, this thing that I that was sort of like carved over periods yeah. and periods of time of motion moving through it um was like a very kind of like therapeutic experience that sounds great um yeah. and finally um is there a game like well g- given the kind of the, the the range of emotions games are able to do i find one of the the rarest is laughter so i'd like to ask everybody um what games have made you laugh chris hmm. um i think i think jazz punk made me laugh i think katamari makes me laugh um yeah, uh, I think Brent. I think Brent. I think Brendan Strong's games make me laugh. Um, yeah, and they also make just make me smile. They also like, kind of blow my mind. But um, but at times, yeah, they 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 definitely have laughs in them. It, it, I find it really interesting. The it's almost generational. Like this, um, I've asked this question to pretty much every guest I've had on the show. And at the beginning of the 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 run. The, the most common answers were always um, Double Fine Games, Point and Click Adventures, the old sort of um, Day of the Tentacle and Grim Fandango and Monkey Island and stuff. And then as the show has gone on, it's become Jazz Punk and Katamari have been like some of the most common answers recently. <laughs> and I, th- I genuinely do think that is just a generational difference that people growing up with games and Paul, obviously. Sure. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, you know, I think sometimes Michael Bro's games make me laugh. Um, Steve Lavelle's games make me laugh. Um, there's, you know, just like, just like, you know, little wonderful things that people have built, you know, make me smile. And sometimes, you know, bends over to, it turns over into a laugh somehow. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely generational. I, I'm not much of a point and click person myself. I'd like to kind of be of the world and sort of moving in it and yeah. sort of immerse in that way. Um, um, and if, you know, if those, I'm, I'm happy to sort of engage with 2d interfaces, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can, I'll play anything and everything like those games are great. It's just, um, it just tends not to be, you know, the sort of thing I load up on my screen. I tend, I tend to like yeah. have a body that moves through space. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, going on from that, then I, I'm, I'm really keen to talk about, um, what remains of Edith Finch because sure. it's, <laughs> it's like, such we're, I guess amazing... we got to that part of the segment. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. But like, it's such an amazing game and. I think part of it is because, um, like you were saying earlier, you like to go into things and not knowing much about them. I think with Edith Finch, I had the opposite idea of that. I went into it thinking I knew exactly how it was going to play out. Like I I had it. I uh, this is good. This is going to be a walking game, and I'm gonna. There's going to be some good environmental storytelling, and it'll be a fine time. And what I discovered was something so much better than that. With some of genuinely some of the most creative kind of gameplay loops like i've ever come across it was just a constant series of amazing surprises like it's such a such a great game and maybe part of my reason is because i went into it thinking i know i know what these games are like and Mm -hmm. it was just it was 
so um, joyful and surprising. Like some of the mechanics <laughs> in there. The the the, the I'm not going to spoil anything because I think genuinely you should experience it. But the the factory, like when you're cutting up the fish, that mm. whole section. I mean, that was just unbelievable. <laughs> and it just Thanks. kept kept on thinking like, oh, this can't. Oh my god, it's going to. Oh, this is it just it's just amazing. So. Like yeah, how did how did that happen? <laughs> to tell me all about that because it's uh, so good. It's you know that was it was a it was a long um, it was a long road and it it kind of you know had it was it was a lot of um, a lot of hours a lot of think, hard thinking a lot of un, uncertainty a lot of just trying stuff and weird ideas um, and then you know kind of like then like tapping into a feeling and like a moment or, you know, that felt poignant or resonant and, you know, listening to that and thinking about what that was and iterating and on that further. And then ultimately like from right at the start, like essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just words on, it was like some words on a page. It was, you know, there, there was some tonal goals and there was, you know, we knew, uh, there was, it was, it was going to be called, it was called the nightmares of Edith Finch. It was just a concept doc. It was literally like, you know, five pages in a weird doc. And our Google Doc, and um, that's what that's what Ian can to me. He said he called it a horror game, um, and it was going to be about um, something about uh, you know these death stories, and you were going. It was going to be about the sublime power of nature. This sort of like over this thing that's simultaneously like overwhelming and also beautiful, like the night sky or um, seeing the ocean slip away into the abyss. You know the yeah. ocean floor. Um. um and that was, you know, that's kind of all we knew. And we knew that, you know, there were going to be these sealed up rooms, like there's going to be rooms that were kind of preserved in time with that ancestor. But, you know, why they were sealed up, who sealed them up, what these stories were, who any of these people were, who Edith was, what this house was like, what's in the house, what are these mechanics, how does it end, how does it start? <laughs> it's yeah. like, I appreciate I've given you a very broad question. I, I guess I'll, I'll yeah. be more specific. So yeah. at what stage did you kind of decide on each story being like its own little game like it's interesting hearing you talk about your experience at Carnegie Mellon stuff it seems almost like that's kind of how the game is and that each story is is its own specific thing its own tiny mechanic taken to the extreme yeah you know um I had played the unfinished swan and it's kind of interesting like you know um I like the unfinished swan quite a lot but it's like you know if I if if I thought if I thought it was perfect I would probably be more interested to work to just play their games yeah. than to work on, with them. You know, if I felt like, I, you know, I just want to be able to bring something and feel like I can offer something. And when I saw the, you know, the Finch project, I was like, oh, maybe I, you know, this sounds like I could maybe bring something to the table here. And, you know, um, <clears throat> but, you know, Unfinished Swan is also a game that changes up its mechanics. But generally, it's all about, you know, the, the creation, the, the mechanics are all grounded about sort of this thing with regarding the like creation. And so they need to be a certain kind of kind of mechanic, this sort of revealing of the world or building something up or something. Yeah. And um, with Edith Finch, it was, it was, it was kind of like, you know, it was even more open where, you know, they just have to end with a death. And this, you know, it was in, and over time we kind of tapped into this feeling of kind of like being overwhelmed or kind of being surprised or having this thing sneak up on you or something. But, um, um, but, but meanwhile, you know, just trying, trying mechanics that, just felt really resonant that felt really like evocative or felt like they really convinced you of a certain place or a feeling or a time period or whatever. Um, and then kind of like, you know, trying to have these, you know, ideas for, for these mechanics to think about like, okay, how would that end? And then from there, you know, what would that person be like? And who is this person? What is the story about? You know? And, um, and just kind of like, but but from the but from its earliest steps, like oh, what is it? You know, what's a what, what's a what's a story about taking pictures? What's a story about being on a swing set? You know, 
um, in, in charge of trying to like create these feelings and these moments and, you know, playing with these sort of lighter mechanics before we start to, you know, and then the, the, you know, the ones that work, you know, kind of like live on and, you know, the ones that don't, some of them seem like they're going on and we work really hard and we try to, you know, bang our heads against them and try to do all our, you know, do all we can to kind of keep them around. Cause like, surely there must be something here. And it's just like, you know what, like this is just more work than it's needed. And, um, you know, we should just cut this one loose or whatever. Um, but just a lot of that process, but yeah, I, you know, you know so I came in, uh, I don't, at the time I wasn't really called the lead designer, you know, one day I checked, you know, the credits or whatever, and that's what I was called. And I was like, cool. You know, I was after Ian, I was the other designer from the, yeah. the from the beginning, from the beginning, you know, um, and we had our small team and, um, it's just started out with me, you know, when I took my test, so the idea was I was going to work there for two weeks and it was going to be like a little trial period. And I, um, what was I going to do? You know, I was like the, 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 the test was make a story, make, come up with a mechanic, you know, make something. Um, and, uh, the, the pitch I gave was, uh, didn't make it into the final game. We actually was one of these ones that we tried to keep around for a while. Cause we, you know, surely there must be something there. Um, it was the, um, it was based around an experience I had at GDC when I was in the, um, you know, we spent a lot of, um, a lot of time out in like the Yerba Buena, Buena gardens, like just laying in the grass, or at least I did then, uh, that year. And, uh, the, the hill kind of slopes in this way where if you're laying backwards, uh, laying on your back and laying, so you get your, your head's going downwards down the hill yeah. and you're looking and you're looking out. Um, it, there's kind of this like sort of, it kind of has this like inverted, you know, first of all, you're, you're, you're upside down. And so it kind of feels like people are kind of like hanging from the ceiling of the earth. And then these, there are these skyscrapers in the backdrop and they're kind of like, feel like they're like pointing into the sky and it kind of just, you kind of get, if you do it long enough and the blood kind of goes to your head, you kind of get the sensation that you're going to fall into the sky. Yeah. Um, and you kind of can, you know, you can really start to kind of like lean into that and kind of convince yourself in a way. And so the, um, there was, I sort of built a story about, um, this sort of girl who's having like a panic attack. Um, and she's sort of anxious cause her, it was going to be at the time, um, Sam, who ends up being the photo story, the, the photo journalist, the war journalist, um, when he, sh- when he ships out, it was going to be his send off party and it, this was going to be his sister. And, uh, she's just like, she can't, like, she just can't deal with it, you know? And, yeah. uh, she's just like out in her like front, like out in front of the Finch house and you're like looking up at the Finch house upside down and the trees are like pointing into the sky and things are starting to fall and you're kind of like slipping out of your chair as you are trying to manage your breathing or something. But anyways, I made that, um, and it was less involved then. It was more, you know, we didn't really have the house and stuff. We just tried it with mechanics, but it, it stuck around for quite a while, but that was the thing. That was sort of the test. It's like, how do you make like a Finch like thing? What is a Finch like thing? What are the qualities of it? You know? Um, but it's and, interesting you know. because it, th- that does feel like uh, a thing. Like, you know, it, it's, I, I guess like at, at, at the beginning of the, 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 the kind of creation process, like, was it, were you thinking about it in terms of each story is going to have its own unique gameplay uh, experience? Yeah. yeah, that that was the general idea of it. Yeah, I mean the the, the rules were pretty loosely defined. Um, you know, we, we, there was gonna there was still you know, and similarly, so yeah, these each of the stories they have a kind of different you know base mechanic. Um, but you know, and ideally they were all going to be used similar controls so that way we can manage it all. So we're not players aren't always learning where to place their thumbs and fingers and whatnot because that's already hard enough. Um, and so they all, you know, use joystick and trigger. Um, um, but we knew they were going to be different mechanics and then, you know, but it was kind of like loosely defined. We didn't really know yeah. what the qualities were. We just kind of had to find the shape. We're like, we're kind of talking about this. We're like, what does that mean? Really? What does that look like? You know, you don't really know. You just kind of, you just kind of have these sort of vague ideas and, um, you know, and you just kind of trust that there's something there cause you, you can kind of feel it. And, uh, 
um, similarly, you know, we, we were going to build the house and the house at the time, you know, we didn't, we didn't really know what it was going to be shaped like. We didn't know who these people were. We didn't need so like, what do you put in there? How do you build it? Why is it built this way? You know, um, you, there's all these questions. And if you don't have good answers, then what are you making? You know, um, you know, it could be, it could be this like prize of the subconscious, but that could yeah. get pretty messy pretty quick. Right. So it's like, um, so, you know, it's earlier concepts of the house had like re- really weird, like magic mechanics like really weird behavior um like oh like maybe the story happens when you like find an object in the house that's like out of place and when you return it to its rightful spot like you teleport and you've like you know re you've like reconfigured this moment in time and now you're like experiencing it or something you know yeah no i can Um, see that i can see that you or like the um, version you did was better (laughs) (laughs) or um uh you know we had like weird like, yeah, I mean, it's like, where's reality begin and the magic, you know, and, and yeah. without having a definition or putting that into question, it was just less, it was just less interesting. It's like, why is there magic in the house? Like, what is this? Who built this puzzle? Like, you know, it just like kind of like undercuts a lot of the other stuff. And we we're just like, nah, you know, and we just started to invest more in like physical handmade for, for the house stuff, like physical handmade props. And that kind of, it just felt right. It felt better. It felt like more true. Um, and let's. The, the, the stories you know, have their own sort of potency and then the house have its own sort of potency and um, allow those things to sort of complement each other. Um, I, and I, they I kind can't, of organically honestly, kind of develop from there. I, I can't say enough good things about it. Like it's a really, <laughs> a really sensational game. Um, so people should just Thanks. go and, and play it because it's really good. Um, and I guess like just to sort of bring us up to date and kind of close out, like you mentioned playing PUBG, like are you <laughs> still as excited about games? Like do you still find inspiration? Like what, what are you playing Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I will say that by and large, you know, I I I, I wish I, there was you know stuff that I really really wanted to play it more. Uh, at, uh, but you know, stuff that gets me really excited, you know, it comes, but it's rare. Um, but yeah. there's still you know a lot of cool stuff happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely super you know excited to be making games. I have like way more ideas than I have years in my life to make. Um, probably, I mean, honestly, that's true. You know, I, I definitely have ideas that could keep me busy for the next ten years. Um, yeah. But you know, our interests change, and you know, you get new ideas or whatever. But you know, the the way I the way I make games, the way I approach games, it's like it's not. You know, I'm just trying to kind of pursue a quality or a feeling or a, or an experience and trying to model that. And you know, I don't really, I don't try to like set myself up with expect like like set rules. Like I don't have like a specific toolbox that I'm like, oh, games should only use this toolbox. It's just yeah. like, you know. And so you know, I like to jump genre. You know, like I made way in Journey. Those were online games. Edith Finch is a, a linear first person story game you know generally um so that's a thing and then you know uh you know who knows like maybe i'll make an esport one day right like it's just <laughs> it's just or i'll try to or whatever that looks like right some weird weird thing if anyone um, was going to you i think you would uh, chris based on the story so far you're like and then he invented a new esport <laughs> no i mean i mean it's a tall order and it takes a lot of people but you know maybe something resembling that would be cool to make one day i mean i like games with stakes right i like games you yeah. know and and it's it was it was it was a challenge because it was like how do we make edith finch matter you know how do we make it mean something and granted these things are sort of you know everything's like sort of like worthwhile unto itself but like how do we go beyond that and make it a, a bigger than that and, and allow these things to sort of connect as a whole and 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 
you know, like, why are these choices here? Like, why, why did, why, what do these choices say, you know, and choices even from like a creative standpoint that we made, you know, <laughs> to make this thing, like, why are these the choices? And, you know, there's still things that I wish, you know, we could have gotten in or changed or whatever, but, you know, when, you know, the, when the glue settles, you know, um, all your happy, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy with, oh, <laughs> thanks. Well, you know, it's just, I say that jokingly, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, I spent, I know that house, like, you know, it's just like, I, I know every, I feel like I know every, you know, ounce of the house. It's a pretty dense house. There's a lot of people's touches in it. So, you know, I, every now and then I do some, you know, you know, get surprised by something that I didn't quite pick up on or something, but, um, by and large, you know, it's just like, there's, there's still ideas that, you know, we wish we could have got in or, you know, things that it's like, Oh yeah, if we had a little more time and that's just, you know, but then you just had kind of have to like, you know, it's it's weird in a way and it feels that way in a way that journey didn't feel like in when when we shipped journey it kind of it felt done you know it felt like kind of like but i think that speaks maybe more towards the sort of the, the sort of squirminess that is edith finch you know it's a bit yeah um, you could easily imagine it's, it's more another wing somewhere it, yeah hidden. exactly and you know and it's and it's strange and it you know and it's it it tries to kind of like push outside it, it kind of be this weird shape um and you know versus something like journey which is a bit more kind of like you know it's kind of like it's it has like a model look. i mean there's a lot of like nice like variants and kind of like weirdness and journey but it's like you know it's a it's a parable you know and it's like it's sort of like icon- it's, it tries to be this sort of platonic or like you know use like an, an iconic arc or like whatever you know yeah um and and yeah and just has a lot of weird shit going on so um yeah there's just stuff that you know i'd come back to but when i look to the when i look to the future and what i want to do you know i'd like to get back into making online stuff and doing that with with sky and trying to you know um you know help tgc and genova build you know this this digital theme park essentially um can you talk much about um, that yet or is it still quite uh, i mean it's a it's a it's it's currently um people are playing it in um some um remote countries like uh, i think it's available maybe in switzerland and um singapore and those are just those ways to sort of as it's sort of finding itself and sort of coming together they kind of allow us to have like you know test audiences but yeah um uh yeah i mean it's it it it's 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 I'm, i come to it quite late um you know after after i shipped edith finch um you know this this game sky has been in development since journey was a thing and since journey ship right and so i come to it quite late and i'm just trying to you know help them sort of piece some of these yeah. ideas, these ideas together and and um but uh yeah i mean you're you're kind of playing this as this like sort of child of light this sort of like winged child who sort of encounters this sort of uh kingdom above the clouds and uh it's kind of like going to these distant lands and find these spirits and hopefully um over the course of you know the gameplay um kind of having more kind of like kind of like playgroundy or sort of like social like experiments in this broader world where you're kind of engaging with other players and kind of having ad hoc little adventures with each other um uh so hopefully that's that'll that's that's cool but yeah we're still still working on it um have, and so where does uh, that put you some, like where does that put you now like are you like freelance are you a contractor like um i mean i'm technically i'm an um, employee of tgc right now but that doesn't it stop me from working on other things um uh that's just yeah so like you know still working on 12 minutes still have you know some other side stuff that i'm working on and um i just kind of you know approach this as like you know there's other projects i want to do there's other projects that i you know i'm uh ramping up or you know have been you know developing and it's just you know a man uh, a matter of like you know um 
not trying to get too ahead of myself, trying to, you know, pace myself well and just, you know, help people and help, you know, these, you know, these, these, these teams with, you know, the work that they're doing and while also, you know, doing my own stuff and just seeing, you know, where, where can I be contributing? Well, let's talk um, about 12 minutes game, 12 minute yeah, sure. games then. And just to sort of finish up, like, so, so where did that come from? Like that seems much more kind of smaller scale, personal type thing. <sighs> Yeah, so uh, so twelve minutes. I mean, it's 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 it is. I've certainly been. Um, I've had my hand in that for a while. It's been like uh, I want to say three or four years now, maybe three years. But um, I discovered so an early version of that game. I discovered because I was at. Um, well, I knew. I think I maybe knew about it from the internet, but it, uh, I was at PlayStation Experience. It was the first one, and um, John Blow and his team were uh, <clears throat> demoing The Witness, and so it was the first time I I had long. I had long, I had actually like sort of, I had built up these really elaborate um, ideas for what I believed the witness was. And I actually wrote up like a long thing about that as like, you know, for, for, for years I was like, I was like, cause John was being so cryptic about what the game was in terms yeah. of what he was showing. Um, and I was just, you know, I, you know, some people were being like, Oh, it's just, just a, ma- a bunch of maze puzzles. I'm like, it can't, it can't just be a bunch of maze puzzles. It's obviously more than that, you know? So let's like try to, and then like, I think it's just kind of a, just an interesting design exercise of just kind of like pondering this thing and like what if given these pieces, what would you make, you know? Um, what could that be? And then, you know, ultimately, hopefully I think feeling like I got re- reasonably close to what ultimately became, but yeah, that game was still like really amazing to play and full of surprises. Um, but, um, while I was demoing this game, when I was demoing Witness at PSX, I uh, met Luis Antonio, who was the um, one of the main artists of the Witness, and he was you know, telling me about you know the game that he was working on. This game, Twelve Minutes, which is a yeah kind of time loop thriller set in an apartment where you kind of this home, this guy coming back to his home, and you know this uh, crazy stuff goes down, and it very quickly sort of unravels, and you're kind of left in this very um, uh, hopefully something that kind of you know feels a bit tonally like a like a Kubrick or a Fincher or a Hanukkah or something yeah. uh, situation. Um, but this home, like home invasion moment. Um, and so, you know, the whole game takes place in real time. Um, it's kind of like, it has like a sort of like a top down uh, click interface, but you know, um, you can, you know, pick up items, combine them with things. So if I drag like a cup to like, if I like picked up the cup and I grab, drag the pup to the faucet, he'll walk over and fill the, the cup with water, etc. And it's kind of, this is a sort of like living little sandbox with, a you know, where you're just, trying to use the information from loop to loop to kind of get further and dig deeper and um, find out what the hell's going on and who this person is that's, you know, breaking into your house and blah, blah, blah. Um, so <clears throat> that's that. So that's happening. And then um, meanwhile, you know, I still have, you know, positive relationships with, um, you know, other developers and, you know, like Anna Perner, I still talk to them and just trying to figure out, you know, who knows what, what, what's next, but um, you know, but I think I know. <laughs> but okay. I say I say that as a yeah, you know, as a who knows. But um, as a wait and see, pre- prepping stuff. Yeah, you know, there's there's even if you know when I when I finished Journey, you know, there was game there's games that I still want to make that I wanted to make when Journey shipped, right? Um, and Edith Finch was just a long time. And I tried to actually start a company before Edith Finch was to take away and actually turn it into this sort of uh, broader game. And uh, we talked to all sorts of publishers like Nintendo and all these people. And um, it just, you know, it just kind of like, for whatever reason, didn't really go anywhere. And that was kind of like, it kind of um, left me in a weird spot. But, you know, my goal is to ultimately, you know, is to be directing. And, um, I, it doesn't seem like that's too uh, too too far away. 
Well, I'm I'm very excited uh, about that whenever it, it does happen. Um, too, Chris, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've covered all sorts of brilliant stuff. If, if there's anything that kind of hasn't come up that you wanted to mention, uh, please feel free to bring that up now or let people know where they can find you online if you would like people to find you online. Yeah, um, I would just say, yeah, to end it, um, you know, keep looking out for good games i could rec- i could name drop some games that i think have been good recently go you know, for it I, I think this certainly i think the stuff annapurna is doing is is really solid um i'm looking forward to outer wilds which is their new game coming out which was which won the Seamus grand prize at the igf um but who knows when that's going to drop probably sometime later this year it seems like that's what they said i think 2018 um gorgoa it's really good oh gorgoa um, so good yeah uh pubg the new savage map on pubg really good really um really uneven terrain and like mid-height trees that create these really thin kind of horizontal sight lines that are really like interesting um anyways but uh yeah you can find me you can find me at chrisbelldesign.com and at chrisbelldesign on twitter and um all the things that's that's pretty much where i'm at just use that and you'll find me was that uh was that good for you chris was that fun that was very fun good i'm glad shared a lot shared a lot of good stories Monday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hum, ready to race to you. These days are on. Happy days. These days are on. Get them with me. Happy days. 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 Happy days.